Welcome to the sermon podcast of Christ Community Church in Springfield, Missouri. Christ Community features life-giving, verse-by-verse teaching from the Bible. If you would like more information about CCC, you can visit our website at cccspringfield.org. We trust these messages will challenge and encourage you in being a faithful follower of Christ. Well, you know, many churches, as they look over the year, count it a success when they count up certain things, tally certain numbers in the congregation. And uh, if it justifies it, they applaud what happened in 2023. If not, then they say we got to do a better job for 2024. Now, there's nothing wrong with the numbers But to measure a church strictly on a numerical basis is at best incomplete, right? Uh, Would a family be a success if they have more kids than any other family? No. Particularly if that family is not relating well together and, and is unhealthy. And a church is not a success just because of statistical growth and whatever you want to measure, particularly if they have disunity or there's little or no ministry outside the walls, right? Now, an event could just be a date on the calendar. A place can just be an address, while to others it may have a deep meaning because of the backstory. Uh, Last week, I visited the Naval Aviation Museum in Pensacola. It's a fabulous place to see jets and planes and even NASA vehicles that were on the moon. I texted a dear friend of mine who was in our wedding and we vacationed together, we went to college together, uh, who trained there in Pensacola as a Navy pilot. He was in the Libyan air raid Uh, in 1986. One time when he was at our home, he was on his computer. He goes, guess who I'm emailing? I go, I have no idea. He goes, so-and-so who's on the space shuttle. I'm like, what? I mean, that that was crazy. So I I took a picture of the F-18 Hornets that were hanging in the museum, and I texted him, and I said, guess where I am? And he knew exactly, and he said, awesome. He goes, the best. Now, for Brad, Pensacola has a lot more meaning than for the thousands of people who go through that museum. He's now a captain with American Airlines, but he was trained as a fighter pilot. And while he was doing that and he was in Pensacola, he was riding his bike in Pensacola, and a lady hit him on the bike and broke some bones. He recovered and obviously got back doing it, and it was like news, he was on a national program kind of telling his story. It was a really cool story, and it happened to him twice. The other time he was running and got hit, all right, and he still got back doing what he's doing. So it's a pretty cool story. Now, for thousands of people, it's just a place that has some planes, but for Brad, it has significance in that there's lifelong friends, and it has very personal meaning. Let's move to another event. There's a bunch of people praying in an upper room. 
may not mean much to some, but knowing the story, it's quite significant. These were people who had followed Christ. They actually saw him rise from the dead. At least they saw him after he rose from the dead. And this was a ragtag group of people, people who had denied him, people who weren't there at the cross. There was only his mother and another disciple. And yet here they are now after they had prayed in this upper room and then the Holy Spirit shows up. They baptize thousands, speak in tongues, crazy stuff going on. It started with just a prayer meeting and you'd think, no big deal. But the backstory adds so much meaning. They doubted that Jesus would even rise from the dead. And it's quite amazing to see that ragtag group now have this supernatural courage. I think of that when I see the faces of CCC. That everybody has a story. And that the church is far more than just the number of people in the seats. It's far more than a sermon series. It's far more than a new building, as great as that is. And if we see the identity of the church as just numbers or events, I think we miss the deeper and the more significant moments that show God moving in the hearts of his people. I think that has to be our focus. The story, or better, the backstory is where the meat is. And that's where the, the spiritual food can be found. This is why our regular fellowship is so vital. It's why it's so important to endure complications and difficulties. It's why it's so important to, to foster friendships and fellowship because it runs deep. It's why it's so important to not just get with people that are like us, but to get with people at different seasons of life. Kids, no kids, a diverse group that open their hearts. And we, we drink from a fountain where God is doing amazing work in the lives of his people. It's enriching, it's encouraging, and I think it's vibrant. It's found in that deeper experience, the relationships. You know, we've had many happenings, things occur at CCC this past year. And I, there's no way that I can go into detail with each one of these. But just to kind of hit some highlights, and then I want to dive deep with a few things. We've had a, a work day with Elevate Lives where we help to renovate homes for folks who cannot afford a home, a lot of single moms. So exciting to see through this ministry, people get their own home. It's in large part to your giving and to you helping to get these homes in shape. Uh, we had another trip to Guatemala this year. We try to go every year, once or twice a year. We had training on how to share our faith with the co-journers this past year. We had training for parents when John Thompson from Kansas City came down, talked about how we can manage the digital age with our kids. 
And he also spent time encouraging our staff and our ministering leaders. It was a great time. We had new leadership installed in our women's ministry in Kayla, who's done a fine job. And she followed Janet, who served for over a decade and created this vibrant ministry for women, providing excellent leadership and a steady hand. We had a co-VBS with other churches at another location where people from our church helped in providing some, um, some teachers, and then also kids from our church attended that. Uh, we've had people approach the elders for prayer, for healing, and we've seen God do some really cool things in the lives of people who were prayed for. We've had another group of men challenged with discipleship through our yearly Joshua's Men, and then we also had a group of men trained to be future elders. We had our fall festival. We weren't sure we would have it. The Rogers moved, who used to do it. Hard, you know, people that are hard to replace, right? But we also had the building, so we thought things would just be too much of a mess. And then, of course, the weather was bad. Uh, But the Jeffsons and the St. Clairs stepped up to have an indoor event that was amazing. They hit a home run. Each of these are some highlights of 2023. And many would put some of these on their list. And some could probably share a backstory related to each of these events. But I want to mention some things that are also, some of it personal, and not because I'm the center of the story, but just because that's what I see, that's what I observe. And so I'm thankful to God for allowing me to experience some of this. And all of this, you'll know, I want to tell you maybe a little bit of a backstory. Uh, In January of last year, I did a funeral for Ernest Cantwell. Some of you might remember, Ernest used to sit on this side, about two or three rows from the back, same spot. He was a gentleman that lived right down the road, would always pass our church, and finally just decided to show up. And God did a work in this man's heart. He was a complicated man, okay? But God got a hold of him. And our people just loved on him. And it was obvious God was doing a work. And what was so cool is that he wanted to be baptized in his 80s. So we baptized him. It was such a cool moment. And see the the joy in his heart as he came out of the water, right? And he's going to be missed. Listen, it wasn't just a funeral. If you know the story, it was a celebration of how God changed a life. Uh, This weekend, we had Barbara's funeral. Barbara used to be our janitor here at CCC. She had several children, and many of you already know the story of how she died of cancer. The next day, her husband was killed and left these children without parents. To see the response of this body in caring for these kids in very practical ways It's a powerful thing to witness. Somebody told me that the social workers that are in charge of making sure that these kids have care were in tears to see the response of this church. They said they have never seen anything like that. That's love. Now, some might say that was just a tragedy, but if you know the backstory, you know that God used it for a movement of his grace and care. On a personal note, my son Kyle and his wife Caitlin hosted a party in their backyard 
of about 60 to 70 people this summer. It was a way to thank them for the rides, visits, foods, gift cards, and other expressions of love in response to Kyle's injury he suffered the previous year. And as I grazed upon the, gazed upon the crowd, not grazed on the crowd. <laughs> that would have been weird. <laughs> gazed upon the crowd. Uh, I viewed the vast majority from CCC and was so grateful for how, once again, this church does its best work in love, encouraging, and being the body of Christ. Uh, the elders this year needed more elders because we had some guys rotating off after serving their terms. Aaron Butler came on and was trained in our first elder training group, and he's been a wonderful addition. But because of the number of guys that were rotating off, we were short of elders and desperately needed more men. As you know, the leadership of the church like that are critical to the health of the church. And we have enjoyed probably our best years in that regard in the last 10 years or so of the men who have served. And it's just been a wonderful experience. But I got to admit, some very anxious moments as we were just Joel and me and Aaron, and we couldn't have two staff elders outnumbering the number of elders, so we had to get more elders on board. So we had two other guys in our church, or more than two, but these two that, uh, that we, uh, I had called, um, that had served as elders. We thought maybe if we could have them not serve the whole term, but maybe serve so that uh, the next time we can train some other guys, then they could come on board. So I called Richard Dugas, Dan Williams. Janet and I were on a walk. We were praying. I was anxious. I called him, and I thought, okay, probably not going to say yes because, you know, that's hard work. It's extra time, but I'll give him a week or two, and, um, you know, we'll just punt and do something else, right? Well, what happened was quite amazing. It wasn't an hour or two later, they both called back and said, we would love to do it. Really? And I remember just like, wow. I was so encouraged that they had this kind of attitude. And I cannot even begin to tell you of the weight that was lifted. Peter writes this, so I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising authority, not under compulsion, but willingly. As God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Trust me, they're not doing it for the money, all right? But not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. That was Richard and Dan, and they have been fantastic additions to the leadership team. We experienced two major losses on our staff this year. Gary Don resigning. Uh, he's got a full-time job, finally just got, got to be too much. So he resigned as our worship leader, and then we also lost Luke and Dana Rogers as they moved to Florida, and Luke was our youth pastor. Now, Gary resigned first. And so we were preparing to fill that position, you know, take some resumes and applications. 
And in the middle of all that, I had lunch with Sean Runcorn, who, uh, unbeknownst to me, had invited his son to come along to the lunch. And I had never met Tyler before. I had not said a word uh, to them. They had no knowledge that even the congregation didn't know at the time that Gary was resigning. We hit it off as we talked at this lunch. We had a deep theological discussion, things that we really agreed on. It was just a really good vibe. He mentioned that he led worship at a church. Uh, He also mentioned that uh, he might want to see a change. Now, he already had a full-time job. So I didn't think there would be any interest in a part-time job. But the Lord, you know, wouldn't let him leave my, my heart about it. And I just thought, all right, I'll just give him a call and see what happens. So I said, hey. This isn't a full-time job. It's part-time. But um, I don't know if you'd have any interest in applying for it. And he goes, yeah, I would. I go, really? I mean, we just met, right? Now, trust me, it wasn't because of the money that he said yes to this, okay? It's part-time. Weeks in the process then, and we were on the road to doing this as a part-time job, Luke and Dana said, hey, we're moving to Florida. So now we're going to have a hole with the youth ministry. And Tyler was currently serving as a youth pastor. So we combined the two part-time jobs, did some other movements in our budget, and we created a full-time position. And Tyler was hired as a worship leader and youth pastor. Now to say that God laid him in our lap would not be an overstatement, okay? Because that's exactly what happened. And as a result, we now have this youth ministry just flourishing. Kids coming to Christ. We had the the D-Now event, kids discipled. And all of us get to witness every Sunday the fruit of the worship team. Tyler has a great servant attitude toward the body, and his precious family has been a wonderful addition to CCC. Two wonderful people resigning sounds like a sad story, but God turned it into something positive for our church. The loss of Julie White this past year was a tremendous blow to her family and our church. Uh, Julie was at our house about two years ago, right after Halloween. And the reason I remember that is because my mother died the night before that Julie came over. She wanted the elders to pray for her. She had cancer. This was another bout that she had. She had struggled with it before. We prayed, tried to encourage her. But the encouragement was Julie because she was such a support for this church and to me personally. Those of you that knew her know that I can't add anything to what you already know about Julie being so effervescent, funny, smart, a heart full of grace and love. About 25 years ago, our church was going through a very difficult time amongst the elder leadership. I'm not going to go into specifics because if I told you, you probably wouldn't believe me. I will say this, I was looking for another job. And I actually had a church in Kansas City that I was in communication with 
interviewing with and thought, hey, this is going to be awesome, right? I can get out of this malaise. God was also doing uh, some work with other people, really trying to change my heart. And I never communicated what was going on with the elders, never communicated what was happening. And one day, Julie calls me and says, Kevin, I've had a very vivid dream or vision. And I believe God wants me to tell you. Um, I can see that there's something terrible going on with the elders. Again, never said anything. And she goes, I know you've been suffering. And I believe that God has given me a picture of a fire in a fireplace that has gone out. And you think that's what's going on with the church, that there's nothing going on, that, that there's a fire and it's dead. But I'm telling you, there are burning embers you cannot see. And that later, there's going to be a full blaze of what God is going to do. And then she said, God will do great things in the future. Don't give up. Ooh. She had no clue of the specifics and of what we were going through. But God used her in such a profound way. And Julie would provide that kind of encouragement on a regular basis. And what a delight it was to know her. You cannot put those kinds of experiences or stories on a ledger. There's no numerical value to that. But I can attest to how God has moved and used people to impact others. Fellowship, love, equipping, grace, these are not things that you can measure on a scale. They are items that, that fill hearts and make a church healthy. That always seems to be a part of the story here at CCC. I'm so grateful for that. Now, there's one tally I can make, and that is that during our Advent, we collected $16,000 that was given to our Advent project to fund the salaries for teachers in Lebanon for Syrian children in refugee camps. I talked to our missionaries, Wes and Amy Black, this past week, and they were absolutely thrilled at this news. They said a man who they had only met the previous year had given them, called them, and just said, hey, I want to give you $20,000. And with that gift, coupled with ours, the school is fully funded for 2024. And Wes and Amy said, that's the first time that has ever happened in the history of the school. Here's what I want you to know. Your giving impacts lives. And it makes a difference in the kingdom of God. I'd be amiss if I didn't thank the many people who have worked in giving, just hard work in our multi-purpose building, the new multi-purpose building. First, Kerry Paskey, who's the GC for the project and a member here who's worked tirelessly to make sure that things are done on time and done well. Becky Williams, who's worked on the design and has provided her expertise that the building will look at its best. Our staff has also worked very hard on many details related to this building, each step of the, uh, of the process. We got many 
finishing touches that have yet to be done, and we hope to have this project finish sometime in the spring. We got to this point because of God's provision as he has used your generosity and hard work. And there's a wonderful story that I've told multiple times here about that facility. And every time I see that building, what I see is God's goodness to us. Now, we've got much work to do in 2024 in preparations for the building and in funding items that are not included in our original loan, including a playground that costs $80,000. Those with small children know how important the playground is to our children's ministry. I've heard reports of children in tears when they could see the old playground being taken apart. So please, don't make the children cry, okay? <laughs> I need to show videos of children with tears. <laughs> Funding on this obviously is going to start immediately. We actually took money out of our building fund to make the down payment, but in more details will be coming about that. But that is a completely done, including the mulch, everything for the playground. Once we fund the playground, we've got to move to a next item, which is kitchen appliances for the new kitchen. Uh, then we have to move to the outdoor area, uh, patio area, and then basketball goals that are going to cost us tens of thousands of dollars. It's a unique time for CCC. And as we expand uh, and we are going to provide for our congregation and for this area. We've already had multiple calls of people wanting to use the building. We have to say, hey, it's not even done yet. And we can't tell you for sure when it will be done, but we have to first just kind of get our own footing uh, before we start telling people they can use the building. Listen, a church that is growing and is making progress will go through a season of sacrifice, and that's where we're at right now. I'm not apologizing. I'm just saying... This happens maybe once every couple decades, and we have to accommodate what God is doing. I'm so grateful that we're in this position and that the church is making an impact, but I know we have to look up ahead to 2024 that there's going to be great opportunities for us to participate and watch what God does. So again, it's a unique time, multiple needs, uh, but in view of eternity, and the kingdom activity of the church, what some may call expense and sacrifice, really pales in comparison to seeing the joy of witnessing God's movement in the lives of people connected with this body. Now, if you look in our lobby area over here, you see these large uh, glass plates that have our values. Some of them say this, do the hard thing. Uh, we choose biblical obedience even when it means taking the harder or longer path. Loosen your grip. We live an abundant life when we open our hands, our calendars, and our budgets, expecting God to use them for his kingdom. And then get out of the boat. We pray often and take bold steps of faith, trusting that God will do what only he can. Those three values are wrapped in metal just south of us. Okay? That's a life-size display in following God's direction. And there's no doubt 
that God has led us to this point. Our time, our treasure, our gifts, and this building are all tools to help us accomplish our mission. Listen, this place is not a museum. This is an outpost. This building is an outpost to prepare all of us to go about our lives with the authority and gifting to see Christ honored and the kingdom of God expanded. And if you look on the wall right there, it says equipping and empowering people in their God-given gifts to advance the kingdom of Christ. That is why we're here. That's why we do what we do. This is not, church is not to see a show on Sunday morning. Church is a community of people being equipped to do the ministry outside these walls. Hopefully, you are better in your families. You are equipped to share your faith. You are equipped to disciple. You are equipped to love better. That's why we exist. And so, really, the fruit of the church is you. Now, yeah, you might need a building. You might need programs, all that. But that's not the end result. It's you. So, Lord, we thank you for what you've done. We look forward to what you're going to do in 2024. We don't claim to have it all down. We don't claim to understand or predict the future. We are here for your glory, for your use, and use us as you may. Thank you for listening to the Christ Community Church Podcast. We hope today's message gives you encouragement and hope. If you would like more information about the church, you can go to cccspringfield.org.